Yeah, I'm so sorry. I know it's extremely painful to watch this, but this is exactly what's expected. Sexual abuse of children causes self-destructive behavior. This is what it is. Like a part of her brain is timtum, you call it. It's, it's totally spiraling. And I know you want to stop it. And I wish that there was a way that I knew of to stop it. I don't know of any way. The hardest part of this is holding on and not losing, that she doesn't feel like, now I have no parents. What normally happens is parents who don't understand that this is a symptom of a cancer in the brain, of emotional cancer, what do they do? They scream, they yell, they say, you can't do this, how could you do this? All of that, why? To stop her. But does it stop her? No, it doesn't stop her. All it does is it makes her feel, I have no mother, I have no father. And all that does is cause her to be homeless and cause her to be end up, end up being much worse. So first of all, you have to understand that by not pushing her away, you're saving her from way worse than wherever she will land on her own. She is spiraling. She will destroy her relationships. She will be all alone. Nebuch, it looks like she's choosing it. It's not. This is the worst kind of sickness in the world. Because any other sickness, you blame the cancer. You blame the disease. Here, we blame her. Why is she doing this? She, 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 she. There's no she. It's the hardest thing to understand. There's no she. There's no her. It's very hard for you to understand that. She looks like she's an adult and that she has Bechira and that she's making bad choices. She has no choice. But how could it be? Why does she have to do this? You see it. Even a 10-year-old understands that you should not behave this way. It's not going to make you happy. She's spiraling, unfortunately, because of her past. It doesn't happen without that. So first of all, do not underestimate what you're doing, that because you're showing her love and acceptance, even though it's Taka Bezirinus, you are taking like the arrows that are going up to the eagle and you're putting her on top of you and you're taking the pain and the embarrassment and you're willing to lose everything for her that the arrows shouldn't go to her. You walk with her in the street and people are looking. You look back at them. You stand next to her. You look back and you give those eyes. Don't look at my kid. Also, I spoke to you about getting out of your neighborhood. It's very, very important. There's no reason she should be in the middle of a Haredi neighborhood when she's walking around and you know that somebody's going to say or do something or look at her and she's not going to feel what a rebel would feel because she's not a rebel. She's a sensitive soul. She's going to feel pain and then she's going to have a hatred to Haredim. It's not good. You got to get out of there. You got to put her in a different place until this finishes. I know that you want her to get help. I wish there was a stop. I wish there was a, a spray. Please help these kids. But unfortunately, I don't know of any way that exists to stop her. She's going to beat Zebrachen and then she's going to say, I want help. And then you're going to start. You have to get her the right trauma help to take away the trauma that is causing all of these symptoms. Unfortunately, a lot of therapy, especially talk therapy, takes years. And they focus, they tend to focus on what came out of it, the broken relationships and the busyness that she feels and feels all alone and all of that. Instead of digging deep inside and finding that, that, broken, that broken pipe inside of her. That is the cause of all of this terrible thing. Uh, Hashem should help. There should be a, a Febreze spray, a trauma spray that you do at night and she should wake up and be healed. But until then, we have to wait for her to be ready. And that's one of the biggest problems. If this is a physical illness, all you do is grab her, put her in a car, bring her to the hospital. They do the operation. She's healed. Over here, nothing could be done until she says, I'm ready. I'm ready to go ahead and to deal, which is very painful.
There are ways that are less painful, like somatic, and I definitely think that that would be a good way to start. And then it's a process of many, many years, of painful years. Not only do these kids get stabbed against their will, and they're in pain from being stabbed, then they're in pain as they watch their whole life crumble. And then they have so much pain trying to put their life back together again. At least this neshama has a mother and a father who never judge her, never look down at her, never think she's making bad decisions because she, she is bad midos, that you didn't, you, you felt in the midos, and that you didn't play her enough Uncle Maishi when she was a little kid, or that she has big taiva. All of that is confusion that has nothing to do with the Emistika story. She's going to go through the next few years, no matter what happens, whether she gets married, she doesn't get married, this boyfriend, that boyfriend, whatever it is. She's going to have a mother and a father who believe in her and who tell her, I I wish I could help you, but I'm here for you. So when she has a panic attack like she had last night or two nights ago, that at five o'clock in the morning, she has parents to knock on the door and say, please help me. I can't breathe. Instead of being all alone and having to find another drug and another drug and another addiction and another thrill and another person to take the place of her respirator, her hanshama, is that what it's called? Which is mommy and tati. So you're doing for her. I know it feels like, what's the respirator doing? The patient needs this surgery and that surgery and this problem and that problem. The respirator is doing its job. Without you, she would be dead. She would be lost. You're doing your job. I know you want to do more. I wish there was more for you to do. But until she wants to get help, and even that, it's a long process. And then they find somebody and it's not the right person. And this one is not the right person. They try it and they stop it. It's a life of pain that these neshama lech nebuch nebuch were sent down here. People think, oh, they're off the derech. They have pleasure. There's no pleasure. There's no pleasure here. And for us, we have to be parents and her brothers and sisters have to hold on tight to realize this is our tafkid in our world that Hashem gave us this neshama in our reach. Not to be embarrassed of her. We don't want Hashem to be embarrassed of us. What we from people do to Hashem is much more embarrassing than what comparing her to us. We are much further from Kedusha, of Hashem's Kedusha, than she is from us. We're a million miles away from Hashem. She's 10 miles away from us. And we have to show Hashem that we're proud of her and, and with her. And we're not going to judge her. We're not going to look down at her. We're going to accept her. And don't make all the mistakes that the other families have made. And nebuch, nebuch, where it ended up. Nebuch, nebuch, the danger of those kids that feel and it's amazing when I was by Reb Gershon Shlita that that's what he said. I said, what about mental illness? Right away he said, a child that feels I couldn't believe it. So much of mental illness on top of all the pain. I haven't really found mental illness. I found someone who's normal, who gets stabbed and it makes them a sugar from the trauma. They look mentally ill, but they're not suffering from an illness from Hashem called mental illness. He didn't give them a sickness of mental illness. He gave them Nebuch trauma, and it makes you Meshuggah. And you look like mentally ill, but you're not. Our kids who have trauma, who end up in psych wards, are different than the other kid, Gayim or whatever, that have real mental illness. And then on top of that, they lose, I don't feel like my parents like me. I don't feel like my parents like me. Kid gets hit by a car. And they're paralyzed and they're in a wheelchair. And then afterwards they say, I don't feel like my parents like me. It would never happen. 
And we have to really apply the same thing that we do naturally for kids who are physically ill. We carry them. We build a ramp. Any amount of money, time, energy. There's no embarrassment. We don't hold it against the kid. We know it's not their fault. We have to learn how to do that for emotional illness, emotional pain and sickness that our kids are going through. And we have to be able to see through the darkness and the confusion of the world that thinks that it's taiva and internet and all the shtusim. That's not the story of these kids. It's the story of Klal Yisrael, of healthy people that have a lot of issues, unfortunately, because of internet and other stuff. That's true. But these Tzibrach and Akindu who are struggling since they're little kids when they were stabbed, and nobody sees the stabbing. And yet, if you look for five minutes on Google, symptoms of childhood sexual abuse, you'll say, wow, there's like so many symptoms our child has. No, but the therapist said, you know, we asked her, just had a call today from a family, Americans in Eretz Yisrael. And I said, any history of anything? No, no, no. They asked her. They already checked it out because at one point she went to the psych ward after she was doing self-harm and, um, and with her eating disorder. And uh, they asked her and she said, no. So there's no, 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 nothing happened to her. I'm like, Rabbi Shalalem. She has every symptom of child sexual abuse. And they're saying, no, 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 because she didn't admit it. How many kids admit it? Based on that, people are still so messed up. Not the people, the professionals. I hear this constantly. No, she said, no, really, they're going to open up to you? What are the statistics of kid opening up and talking about what happened, especially when it's usually a brother or an uncle or a father sometimes? Or her neighbor, and they uh, threatened to kill you. I'm going to kill your mother if you tell me. It's so deeply ingrained in them not to share this, not to share what happened to them, the shame and everything. They don't say it. Many of them died without saying it. So how do you know what happened? Look at the symptoms. Don't tell me if a child has 30 out of 50 symptoms of something that we don't treat for that thing. And we treat for something else. Like today they told me, no, they told us that it's not an eating disorder. They went to this, well, I don't want to say which place, a Jewish place for trauma victims, and their diagnosis was so stupid. The parents were too nice to her, and, and that's why she didn't feel structure. And they said, you know, it seems odd because we have nine other kids that turned out beautiful. We were too nice to her. And she didn't really feel like she had friends, and then her parents were too nice to her. Bubba mysis. I mean, even if that would be a possibility, but what are the chances of that uh, disease that I've never heard of, that that's true? Even if it's true, 5%, 10%, why don't you look at the 80%, the 90%? Why don't you look at the symptoms? No, because she said nothing ever happened to her. So these kids go through so much pain. Their life is ripped away from them. Then they lose the admiration of their family, the admiration of the society. And then, of course, they feel abandoned. And then they still have to go through years on top of that. It's like we take our weakest kids and stab them and punch them and punch them and punch them. And then we wonder why they take their lives and why they numb their pain. Even a healthy person who wakes up one day and realizes that nobody likes me. My family says, Al-Hanar I'm a disappointment. Even that is a terrible pain for a healthy person. It can cause them to crumble. But we take the weakest, the ones who were stabbed, and the most sensitive, sweet kids who would give anything away to any stranger. They would give away to the homeless person their whole income, and they're just full of regesh. And they feel so much pain. And we take them and we take away admiration no, because my brother, so Haredi, can't look at me. And we do it in the name of Hashem, in the name of Tyra. It's so terrible what we're doing to them. So you have to reverse all of that and everybody has to be on deck. It shouldn't just be mommy and tati. We have an emergency. 
She's in the hospital, happens to be the hospital is at home, happens to be the doctors in ICU, the nurses is mommy and tati, but every brother and sister and sister-in-law and brother-in-law and uncle and aunt and aunt-in-law and uncle-in-law and Bobby and Zaidi and neighbors have to all develop relationships with this neshama without judgment. The more connections that she has during this time of her life, the better chance she has to survive it, and the better chance that if, after she survives it, her support system was from people, she's going to want to naturally be from. Not now, not next year. This is a long time. We have to carry her through the dark years, because God forbid we drop her. She will never, ever return to us, because she'll feel dropped. Why? Why did you look down at me? I'm worse than Hitler. What did I do? Did I ever hurt somebody? Oh, well, the way you dress hurts everybody. You're a rebel. We stamp, stamp this neshama with diagnosis and with bad midos and with rebellious nature. That doesn't exist. Ask anybody working with them for over 20 years and they'll tell you. They're neshama, they're puppies. And they're thrown into acting in a way that does not represent the real them. And we have to understand this is the Nisayin of our Dar to see past the actions, to understand that every Chazal and every every single Vart and Medrash that we know, that Be'etzem every Yid is a Chelek Mamish, now Hashem saying, yeah, you believe it? So let me show you. We'll take a kid, we'll cause him to have a breakdown, an emotional breakdown, the acting crazy and cuckoo and the dysfunctional and the Machal Shabbos and all of that. It's all one package. And then let's see if you really believe that they're really, really good. If you believe that every Yid is Taif, if you really believe and he's Be'etzem good, if you believe all the Devitaira, especially Chasidus, but very interesting, I saw the same thing from Rav Shach. The biggest Litvisha Gadol said the same thing. Every Yid is Be'etzem good, and if a person falls, it's only a Mikra, it's only in the outside. It's all Kala Terakula, wherever you go. It's brought out more in Hasidus, maybe, but the facts are the facts. And now it's up to us to be able to see that, to be able to see through the Chitzainis, to understand our Dar has mental illness that never existed before. Our Dar has emotional breakdowns like never before. We don't have a Taiva problem. These kids are so dysfunctional that they sin sometimes much less because they can't even get to the sin because of their dysfunction. It's not a taiva problem. We have to internalize that. And we have to realize that Hashem doesn't make mistakes. This neshama was put into your family because every neshama around her has a responsibility. You're not allowed to look away. Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky Shlita, my Rosh Hashiva, told me it's, not, it's, it's the same way you can't ignore someone in the hospital or someone who's broke, who doesn't have money. You cannot ignore a f- person in your family who is in emotional pain and spiritual pain. It applies the same. It's a lav in the Torah to go about your life and say, well, I have to raise my kids and I'm busy and I can't go ahead and be Makar of my brother or my sister. Or I can't look at her. I can't this, I can't that. No, we have to understand the Chiyav is there. If you have a shaila, you ask your dastair what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. But you have to do. You have to do as much as you can. You cannot ignore her. This is the chiyav of our dar. And everybody in the family realizes it's a responsibility. It's also an opportunity, Nebuch, that you have to earn more schar in Shemaim. The Zaira Kaddish says clear. And we're so stupid. We work for $20 an hour when we can get paid $1,000 an hour. Why would you work for $20 an hour? 
Imagine you're working in a big company and you get $20 an hour. But the boss's son gets a flat tire, so you spend an hour going ahead and helping out the son. And the boss comes over to you and gives you $1,000. What are you going to say? You're going to say, hey, boss, anytime you need any help with any of your family, please call me. Not only it's a pleasure to help someone, but your child... And not only that, it's $1,000 instead of $20, says the Zaira Kaddish. That's the same schar that we get for helping a neshama that is struggling. And he tells you how to do it. I don't know why people can't just follow. And so he gives you the prescription to be like Aaron Akain, Oyev Shalom, Reidev Shalom, Oyev Asabriyais. He tells you exactly what to do. Take out your, your vision of judgmentalness and darkness and put on vision of clarity and, and, and love and not non-judgmental, and acceptance, and go be Makarov. Go out at night to the streets. Go out at Friday night to the parks. They're all there, and they're dying for us. They're dying for our acceptance. They want us, and the more angry that they are, it's just because the more pain that they have from people who look like us, and the easier it is to win them over when we show them that I don't look down at you. I don't judge you. I don't know your story. I'd love to hear it sometime when, whenever you're ready to share it with me. But in the meantime, you're my brother. You're my sister. You're my child. We're all one. We're all together. I don't look down at you. Hashem doesn't look down at you. Tyra doesn't look down at you. Tyra is beautiful. Tyra is loving. These are kids who are rejected and rejected in so much pain. Only us, only Kal Yisrael can take them out of pain and save them. And isn't that ironic that right before Mashiach comes, Ikvas of the Mashiach, that this is in front of us in such a massive way, why don't we realize that Hashem is giving us a chance? Everybody in the family has such an opportunity because you can build a relationship with someone. It's the best investment you'll ever make. You're going to get paid regardless of the outcome. The Zaira Kaddish says that this is more than anything else you can do for Hashem. And He tells you of the reward that you're going to get, which is higher than anything else that you can do. So you're going to get rewarded no matter what. Plus, if and when you are successful, every mitzvah that they do and their spouse and their children forever, you get a commission. Imagine you get 10, 20, 30 people like that and you get 1% from this and 2%. That's how you can retire. That's how you can quit working and you can still make money because you have commission checks coming in from all your years of work. We're so silly that we focus on $20 an hour, $20, me, 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 when we can go ahead and help save people and have 30 people keeping Shabbos because of you. You know what schar you get in Shemayim? That's how we have to think about it. It's a responsibility and it's an opportunity. And nobody else can help these kids. Brothers and sisters have the biggest achrayis and the biggest opportunity to jump in and develop relationships and take them out for fun. Fun. Laugh. Spend time with them. If they're stuck in their room, Nebuch, then do things in their room that, they, that they're doing to give them company. Sometimes a person is depressed and he's spiraling down and you can go ahead and break that depression with a phone call, with a visit. Knock, knock, I'm here. I got you some food. Let's watch something together. Let's do something together. Mesiras Nefesh, to help your brother, your sister. The same as if they're sick in a hospital. You go and you visit. And if you go and, they, and they're so sick that they can't even spend time, you go again. And you go again. And you go again. And you look for ways to build a relationship because over here the medicine is connection. The medicine 
is relationships and fun, building the connection so you can eventually, if it takes a month or it takes a year, as quick as possible, but as long as it takes, it takes to pull them out of depression and go spend time, go out to eat when Amir Sashem you can, and go out for fun and do anything you can to put fun in their brain. Their brain is full of pain, and the opposite of pain is fun. Fill their time and their brain with compliments and fun and doing things that are fun. And watch what happens, because I've seen miracles. It's the best drug out there. Somebody just asked me today, so very nice. The parents and the family is nice, but, but, but what heals the kids? I said, look at our st- statistics. We have a higher success rate, to my knowledge, than any rehab in the world of getting kids off drugs. We have a higher statistic than, than any psych ward that gets kids off medication. Look around. Come meet our people. We have hundreds of parents. We have a tiny percentage, Nebuch, that end up needing rehabs and psych wards. So small. Most of the kids, and I take the worst cases, or stage four. By now, I think there's a stage five, unfortunately. And I take very hard cases. Cases that, that like the call I got today, they're struggling for five years. She was already in, uh, in Karen, and she was already in, in other places. I don't want to say the names, but all these places failed. Where are they? And the parents don't even know what to do. Nobody told the parents what their job is. But if you understand what your tafkid is, we can beat those systems. Almost every single parent that came to me with a kid who was in psych wards, after the parents came to me, almost all never saw a psych ward again. Why? Because they don't need it any, anymore. We don't have kids in jail. We, we don't need Shomrim and Atzalah and all of that on a constant basis. We have mamish maybe 1% of kids that are still, that need it. And I'm not sure the parents are able to do TP properly. And if they would, I think things would be different. But let's even say it's not, not perfect. Okay, 95% success rate is not enough. I think it's more like 98. But 90% not enough? By and large, our families have peace at home. No Hatzalah, no Shomrim, no screaming, no yelling, no fighting, no violence. No psych wards, no suicides, Baruch Hashem. How many hundreds of kids were suicidal, cutting themselves and, and anorexia and things like that? And you look at them a few years later, Baruch Hashem, we never had a suicide bully. I heard the And how many kids were on drugs that are clean today? So we have the medicine. It was supposed to be just, let's help out a sick person, and that would be fine. But it's much more than that. Turns out that by us helping and giving a hand to somebody and connecting with them, turns out that then, somehow, miraculously, it saves them. And how many kids, Baruch Hashem, we have over 100 kids, Shem Mitzvahs. That's the ultimate. The ultimate success for a from parent. They're, they're allowed to dream and want their kid to want it. Can't force anybody, but the kids want it. And B'makam Shaval Tshuva Ah, when they come back, Tshuva Me'ahava. And, and every single person who put an inch of time, a minute of time into these kids, ah, oh, the schar that they get to be a part of this miracle. There's nobody that can't come back. There's nobody. Sometimes we, it takes quick. Most of the time it takes a long time. But any time, any time that a, a child does tshuva me'ahava, all the averis become mitzvahs. There's no yid that is not a chelak l'kami mal mamish. There's no yid that won't eventually do tshuva me'ahava as long as we have the ahava, they'll do tshuva may ahava, like my son said, from our love. Our love is going to bring them to do tshuva. Our love is going to carry them. Chas to use Torah to look down at somebody. 
It's like the ultimate Avera. You want, you want to go against Hashem? You go against Hashem and you realize you're wrong. Okay. But you go against the Ratzon Hashem in the name of Hashem? What could be worse than that? Hashem is saying, no, don't do this. And you're saying, oh, I can't look at her. I can't this. I can't, oh, I can't go here. I can't go there. How could you do that? You're looking down at Nochayit in the name of Hashem. You're using His name to be a haskama on what you're doing against Hashem's Ratzin, against the Chazanish, clear, Rav Gershon Edelsin Shlita, against what the Baal Shem Tev said, against a hundred G'daylam that I can tell you, because you found one Rav somewhere that doesn't really understand the Sugya, and he said, oh, it's very... That's, even those Rabbanim, they don't have a solution. They say, throw the kid out of the house, that's a solution? Why shouldn't you have a solution? Why shouldn't you do something that works? Why shouldn't you be mekayim a mitzvah saseh of v'halachta bedrachov mahu rachom mafata havei rachom mahu chana nafata havei chana? It doesn't say hadbeik b'midaisuf shal hakadosh baruch hu to have sinna and kas and v'chara af Hashem. That's for Hashem. The Medrash says if you want to be like Hashem, be mekayim a mitzvah saseh v'halachta bedrachov. It's one way. To use the Yudgimel Midas Arachimim. Why would you give that up? Why would you give that up, even if you think it's the wrong thing to do? Why would you give up? Be selfish. Parents and family can be Makayim, a thousand extra mitzvah assays in the Torah. A thousand. We, we have to wait for matzah. We have to wait for, for lulav. You don't have to. Be a Rachim, be a Chana, be an Erechapayim, be a Rav Chesed Emes, be a Noisei Ovein. Learn the time of the virus. Learn the Yud Gimel Midas. Emulate Hashem's ways. You get a mitzvah saseh. That's not enough for a sibling. So one way of reacting is Lashon Hara, Rechilus, Kas, all the bad Midas, judging. The other way is being down the Kafschos. The other way is Vahaftoriach The other way is all the good Midas, all of the Yudgim Omidas, all of the Mitzvahs of the Torah, the way that Tzadikim looked at people who were straying, who were challenged, who were confused. All the Tzadikim, as it's brought down so clear in the Siva Shalom, brings down from Friyadik Rebbes, the concept that the Tzadik Hagadol B'yayser, Yachalehoiv Harasha Hagadol B'yayser. The greater the Tzadik can love, the greater the Rasha. L'chayr doesn't make any sense. The more you love something, the more you hate those that are not that way. That's small-minded people. Yeah, if you're a Yankee fan, you hate the Boston Red Sox. The greater the Yankee fan, the more you hate the opposite, the opposite right? Tayra doesn't work that way. Yiddishkeit doesn't work like that. If you have sinner and you hate the sinners, people say that in the name of Hashem, I'm so holy, look how much I hate the sinners. You should know it's because you're a very small Jew. Your Yiddishkeit is very small. The bigger the tzaddik, you look at Rav Steinman, you look at the tzaddikim, how they were able to lehoiv harasha hagadol b'yaiser. But they loved Hashem even more. So how were they able to do it? Because that's Ratzon Hashem. When you have Ahavas Yisrael, when you realize that you are nothing, you get off your ego. And look at some of these chevra, they think they're mamish so holy. They, they, they think that I'm mamish spitz from and they can't tolerate. It comes from their ego. The tzaddikim felt, I'm nothing. Who am I? I'm nothing. Look at previous diaries. How could we even hold a candle to them? I have to work so much on myself. And then they were able to love. It comes from the anvasunusai, Shel Yaakov, as the Ramban says, that he didn't throw Ruven out, because Anova, where's the Anova? 
It's the Kanoi, the Kanoi, you should know you have to be a Kanoi Taka. You have to be an extremist in Vahaftal Riacha Kamaycha. They asked the Vishnu Tzareb, I forgot which one, I think I'm pretty sure it was the Havas Yisrael. They said, How come you are loving somebody that it's Mutter Lusnaisai? Based on his actions, it's Mutter to hate him. He said, Kadash Atzmachoba Mutter Lach. Make yourself holy with what's Mutter. It's Mutter to hate him, don't hate him anyway. Become holier with Ahavas Yisrael. And we know that these kids are hurting. And we know that they're not at fault. And we know that the medicine is to be Makar of them. And we know that it works. And we know that those kids who people didn't close the door on them in the name of Hashem come back. So why would you not give the medicine? Why would you not be a part of the solution? We have to stop being part of the problem and, and start being part of the solution. And if you don't understand it, you don't need to understand it. I saw a beautiful from the Nesiva Shalom. He said there was a mechanach that got fed up with a kid. A regular kid in yeshiva, he got fed up with him. And he was just pushing, rejecting the kid. He was so angry. So the Nesiva Shalom said, really? You're supposed to use small daicha and yimin mekarev. Two hands. He's supposed to have a balance. A little bit of small daicha, a little bit of yimin mekarev. He says, I see that you gave up on using both hands and you're choosing to only use one hand. But if you're only going to choose one hand... Why'd you pick the small daicha? Why don't you just pick Yemin Mekareves? If you can't have a balance, just do love. Just do love. If Koppelman said, if Koppelman Zatzal said, that it's very hard to hate. There's a lot of halachas. It's very easy to be over so many avarists by, by hating and looking down. He says, it's much easier to love. So unless you're a real bucky in hatred, according to Tyra, it's very dangerous to do. Very dangerous to do. It says much, much easier. If you're not a bucky in hatred, ha- hating according to Shemekha Kuntras, Sinna Lahalacha, hating according to Torah. If you're not ready to do that, it's just love. Much easier. You don't have to be so, it's not so complicated. Just don't judge. Don't look down. Don't think you're better. And just love. And stop judgment. Once you shut off judgment in your brain, you have to figure out what could you, oh, I think she could have done better. Why did he have to do this? How come he had to do that? I saw a beautiful vart. It's brought down from the Nesiva Shalom. Musr and Chasidus is for yourself, not for Yanam. I think it's such a deep, fascinating vart. We learn Musr and we think about how to give it to other people. Chasidus and we talk other people. These are self-help ideas to improve yourself. When it comes to Yanam, you don't give them Musr and Chasidus. You give them encouragement. You give them love. You toimich them. You show them, I support you. I'm with you. You're not alone. And this is a lot of what our generation needs a tikkun in. We need, how do we know? Because it's the mitzvah of our dar. How do we know? Because every dar has its own mitzvah. It's brought down, there was one dar that they had tzitzis. They were able to have beautiful tzitzis. And, and I forgot which gadol it was, but he said, you see that our dar, the mitzvah of tzitzis. If you look around, at the problems and the solutions and all of the pro- what's going on with this whole thing in our dar, it's clear. Raburi Zohar says it clearly also. The mitzvah of our dar is to save the shamas in our own homes, in our own family, in our own community. Of course we have to be makar of the rechaikim. But we have to, we have these rechaikim, mamish, mamish inside of, inside of our lives that we have access to. Some people say it's Kirov Kroivim. I think they're a lot further than any rachik in the world. You go to be Makarov, somebody who grew up secular, so, so easy. Shabbos is beautiful. Come, come to my house. They say, wow, 
kids who were burned by the system, kids who were hurting, kids who rebelled against the system and the system hurt them and rejected them. These kids have so many stories of people who hurt them, of, of systems that were, were, were hurting for them, even though even if the system is good. But they were hurting. They were hurting inside many of them and they couldn't do it. So they have pain. And then also there's a lot of mistakes that happen with them. Nobody's perfect. And they have a lot of pain and rejection. Much, much harder. These are Kirov of the Harbe Yaisa Rechaikim Mikal Harachaikim Shabbailam. And this is our tafkid. It's on our doorstep. It's in our homes. And everybody has to realize this. This is our priority. And this is our key to get out of Golas. We're never going to get out of here until we are Mesake in the Chet of Sinas Chinam. And Ahavas Chinam is the only way. Hashem should help us to open our own eyes, to purify us. We should stop looking down. We should stop judging. People don't even hop. I show them how they judge. And they said, I'm not judging. I'm not, it's not judging. I just don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. You don't understand why somebody does something is judgment. Why is it judgment? Because you're assuming that they can do better. And then you don't understand why. When you say, why did he? How come? It's judgment. People don't even hop. They have to work on themselves to go layer by layer by layer by layer. The mashal that I give is, imagine you have a partner in business for 30 years. The guy is mamish, punctual, reliable, never comes late. You have to go to the bank to have a certain refinance. It's very important for your company. You have a 9 o'clock meeting. It's 9.05, it's 9.10, it's 9.20. He's not there. 9.30, he comes in. What do you say? A lot of people say, what happened to you? Where were you? Don't you know? That's all judgment. It's all because you assume that he did something wrong. But if you know the person for 30 years and you don't judge him, all you're going to say is, I don't need to know. I know something went wrong. He got a flat tire. Somebody hit him. Somebody died. I don't know what it is, but there is a good excuse. If you really, really don't judge someone, you know that there's a good reason why they're doing what they're doing and you don't need to know why. And if you're asking why, how come that? That's because you're judging it because you think that it's a tzad, that it doesn't make sense and they're not toiv. Part of judgment is cleaning, part of this process is cleaning ourselves. Look at neshamas who are struggling. Don't think that you could figure it out. You don't need to figure it out. Your job is not to figure it out. Your job is to give them a smile. Show them that I still like you. I like being around you. You make me feel good. You're part of our family. Our family is whole with you. Our family is complete with you. We like when you're around. We want you. You have value. Boost their broken self-esteem. That's your whole job. Do it. Believe Shalim. Shut off that brain of yours that thinks, but how come? But maybe she could. That's about yourself. Ask that about yourself. When you sin, how come I sin? Why didn't I sin? And even on yourself, <laughs> that's a whole different schmooze. And Siva Shalom says, even when you work on yourself, you have to make, you have to make sure that when you make a cheshben for your averis, that it comes from the oilam habinyon, the world of construction, and not from the oilam achurban, sheyigrim la yish ve'atzvos rachman and not from the world of destruction, that it brings you yish and atzvos, depression, and all of that. Whole different discussion. Certainly other people assume that they're good. And just be there for them. Be'ezus Hashem, they'll all be zaycha to Yeshua's and Rufu's, and we will save not only them, but we will save ourselves. This is Avi Fischoff from Twisted Bounding. To be added to my broadcast, please send a WhatsApp request to 718-902-6666.